I'm your host, Raza Mughal, and welcome to The Millennial Father on today's episode. The final episode, a COVID-19 recap, Zia's month 11 progress, lessons learned from one year of fatherhood. All right, let's get it. Hello everyone and welcome to the final episode of The Millennial Father. That's right, you heard correctly, it's the final episode. My intention starting out with this thing was to see how it go for a year. I personally think that's enough coverage for Zia about how the times were when he was born, what I had to go through as a new dad, and what I learned along the way. My intention is to continue the blog as that requires less time to complete. It takes a lot of time to record edit, and organize the podcast. Perhaps I could return in the future in a more informal way, either interview style or just freestyle the whole thing. I don't know. Let's see. I have to say though, I've enjoyed the process of making it and I'm proud that I was consistently able to do it for a year. I hope to one day sit down with Zia and perhaps if it's written with my other kids and listen to this. Sabrina always says to me though, you know, you did this for Zia. What are you going to do for the other kids that we have? To which I responded, I have no idea, but I guess I'll figure out something. All right, let's move on and discuss what's going on in Canada in terms of COVID-19. Well, new COVID-19 cases have gone down dramatically. I believe we are now beating the U.S. in vaccination rates, which is a really big accomplishment. The Canadian government should be commended. They did take the slow and steady approach. However, now we are seeing the benefits of it. To give you an example of how well our progress is going, at its peak, Ontario had 4,000 plus new COVID cases a day. Now we've been sub 200 for about a week straight, which is incredible. In the province, we've entered into the third phase of our reopening process, which basically means everything is open with, of course, certain limitations, including mask and capacity restrictions. It's been great. I've gotten to go back to my barber for a haircut, After building up some courage, I even went to the gym to work out. The gym's kind of been a gray area for me because inside, everyone's wearing masks. But when people work out at their machine, some people take off their masks. Anyways, I just try to keep my distance and keep my own mask on at all times. It's been invigorating going back and lifting weights again. Let's move on to Zia and his progress during month 11. Firstly, I just want to say yes. Zia is one years old. Can you believe that? He's progressed so much over the last year and I've been privileged to watch him grow and develop every day. He basically went from this small blob to a bigger blob that can make noises, move around, and one that's capable of reacting to his environment. During month 11, Zia continued to enhance his motor skills Frequently, I find him trying to pick up smaller objects off the ground using his index finger and thumb, a sort of pinching technique he's developed. He hasn't picked up anything and put it in his mouth. Fortunately, most of the items he picks at are stains in our carpet. He still hasn't started crawling and I'm 100% certain he's not going to. He's a certified scooter. He sits on his bum kicks out his feet, and jumps forward to where he wants to go. He still doesn't move as much as most kids do his age, I'm thinking, because this scooting technique is much harder than crawling. 
However, he does go when he's motivated. Frequently, he plays this game with himself where he'll throw the soccer ball that he loves so much forward and then he'll scoot after it. He goes pretty far when he gets into it. This is going to sound sad and lazy, but I still haven't put up the baby gates. I need to see some hardcore movement from Zia before I do so. Furthermore, Zia has recently made attempts to stand up himself. He gets in position to pull himself up, but he doesn't have the technique down pack yet. In terms of cognitive ability, Zia continues to develop. He can tell when we're mad at him or when he's in trouble. I'm thinking from our tone and facial expressions. He's quick to try to fix the situation. When he knows we're angry, he'll try to make us laugh by tilting his head or by making funny faces. He's really big on imitation. Any face you make, he'll try to do that as well. Randomly, Zia breaks into hysterical laughing fits, which lets me know he's truly my son. A lot of time over the last month was spent planning Zia's first birthday, which basically involved me suggesting ideas that were ultimately rejected. Sabrina used Pinterest to select a theme for the birthday and ended up choosing a wild one, kind of like he's from the jungle or something. It was tricky to plan out how many people we would invite to the party. When we initially started planning, we were in phase one of reopening in Ontario, which basically meant only 10 people were allowed to be gathered outside. However, we knew by the time the party would come along, we'd be in the second phase, which would allow us to have 25 people. Early, we still had faint hope that my sister-in-laws and their families would be able to make it over from the States. So including them, we would have had a total of 21 people, which was not bad. However, early in July, it was announced that the border would remain closed to U.S. residents until August, which ultimately increased the capacity of potential invitees. Unfortunately, we couldn't decide on who. Like, if we invited one friend, then we'd have to invite the other, or one cousin or the other. Also, we didn't want too many different households mixing, so we stuck with having immediate family. Our total count at the party was 12 people. We thought about and discussed this matter quite a bit. Sabrina loved to bring it up right before it was time to go to sleep, the perfect time to strategize and plan a party, especially when I had work early the next day. To make matters even more confusing, a week prior to the birthday party, the provincial government announced that they'd be entering phase three early. In it, you could have a gathering of 100 people outside, which meant I could basically invite everyone I know. Nevertheless, we didn't change anything because A, we were making the food ourselves. B, we were having the party in our backyard and we wouldn't be able to fit that many people. C, we didn't feel socially responsible having that many households mix and interact. And D, it's Zia's first birthday party. It's not like he's going to remember it. When he's four or five, I'll throw a big one. One of those Billy Madison graduation types. Anyways, the party went nicely. Everyone contributed in some sort of way, either by decorating or by making food. It was a nice way to put a stamp on the whole year with people who had been helping us take care of Zia. Two days after Zia's birthday was Eid, the Islamic holiday. Typically, when this holiday happens in the summer, my entire family gathers for a picnic. We eat food, play sports, socialize, and have fun. Due to COVID-19, the last two Eids were canceled, and the one prior to that, Zia was recently born, and we couldn't go. 
Well, since it was permitted by the government to do so, we had an Eid picnic this year and it was nice to meet up with my uncles, aunts and cousins. Being out with so many people, I could tell Zia felt shell-shocked. He was crying a lot and was clinging for dear life to people he recognized, Sabrina, my mom and my sisters. We did our best to make sure that anyone who held Zia wore a mask and was fully vaccinated. Overall though, it was nice to be out. I got to play a little bit of football with my cousins, threw a couple of touchdowns. Zia made a ton of cash because it was his first Eid out there. Incredible Eid. I felt re-energized after going. This being the last episode of the podcast, I thought I'd take a step back and reflect on the year that went by. The process of becoming a father and rearing my firstborn was so different from what I imagined it to be. In the past, whenever a person in my family would have a birth, it turned into a full throttle family gathering at the hospital. Family by family, people would come and visit the parents. Occasionally, during these visits, you'd see a member of the hospital staff complain about us exceeding the limit of visitors. The visiting room would be 90% occupied by members of my family. People would bring food, presents, and gifts. However, due to COVID, when it was my turn to take part in this family visitation extravaganza, it was impossible. When Sabrina first got pregnant, we talked about handling the situation. I'd tell her, you know my whole family is going to come to the hospital. Be ready for that, which I could tell seemed a bit overwhelming to her. Furthermore, along with family comes the advice. You're not doing this right. Try doing this instead, which can be a good thing or a bad thing depending on how you look at it. If you get too much advice, it can be confusing, right? A pro to the COVID-19 birth era was my wife and I got to do everything our way. No one interfered in our decision making. I grew and learned so much because of all the hands-on time I was forced to have with Zia. No one else was there to help us. The con was deep down, I did want my family to come. Even though it sounds like a crazy ruckus, that's the family I come from, and I don't know if I'll ever get to experience that. Furthermore, me and Sabrina were completely exhausted. We had no breaks. We had to soldier through the entire birthing situation ourselves. No outside food, no leaving the hospital, no visitors. It was intense. Especially that nurse that was there, I still get nightmares about her. The first three months after having Zia were a blur. I remember when October hit, I felt like a useless slob and that my life was over. I didn't do anything other than help take care of the baby or watch television. My personal goals, seeing my friends, going out, all of that was put on hold and the thought hit me that this was how my life was going to be forever, which was flat out depressing. I was like, this is it. Life's going downhill from here. Here comes a gut terrible fashion and tea parties for the rest of my life. In retrospect, I was completely wrong to think like that. I learned so much during those first three months about handling a baby, how to be persistent, how to remain patient. I wish I wasn't as harsh or down on myself as I was. Eventually you get used to the situation and you adjust. You get faster at doing the baby related activities. The baby themselves become sturdier. It does get easier. I think it was just more difficult again having Zia during COVID-19 which really limited the amount of help we could get from others. 
even for de-stressing, my favorite things to do were to go to the gym, go to the movies, play pool, bowling. All these activities were shut down. It was just tricky to adjust both to fatherhood and life with COVID. To any new dads out there, the biggest piece of advice I can give you is to just be present and not give up on yourselves. Next, I'm going to rank the devices that I thought were the most useful throughout the first year of having a baby. The number one item for me has to be the diaper genie. Once that baby's out there, man, it's going to start raining diapers. It's so convenient to be able to drop the dirty diaper in there once you're done wrapping it up. Additionally, the kid isn't going to be diaper trained until they're at least a toddler, so make sure to get yourself a good diaper genie. Number two has to be the change pad, or just the area where you change your baby in general. Again, a lot of time is going to be spent changing your kid. Make sure the area is comfortable and spacious to avoid disasters and spills. Zia's so big now, he kicks the items at the end of the table. You can never have enough space. Number three has to be the stroller. I'm grateful that we got the stroller that we did. It's light, easy to take out. The attachments clip on naturally and it's effortless to move around. One aspect that I would change about it is that I'd make the original bassinet it came with bigger. I believe Zia was out of it by month three or four. Number four has got to be the baby bag. Ours is in backpack form. People say it looks like I'm going to school when I'm wearing it. All I know is that it's comfortable to carry around and it's lightweight. Number five has to be the rocker. It came in clutch during the early months. Whenever you were tired or just needed a place to put the baby, it was a lifesaver. We frequently used it to rock Zia to sleep. If you get enough practice, you can use your foot to rock the baby slowly to sleep while engaging in another activity. The last recommendation I have, it is and was one of the most important for us, is to sleep train your baby as soon as possible. I know the baby cries during it and it hurts your feelings, but they're crying anyways throughout the day. You don't have to do it. However, I have to say that the payoff is huge. It was incredible to have our evenings back. Even now we put Zia to sleep by 8.39, then we have a few hours to chill and do what we want. It's great. A year ago, I felt so optimistic that this pandemic would end by the end of 2020 and that we'd be back to a normal life. Of course, it didn't happen. I think back to how life was before COVID-19 and I appreciate what we had so much. The ability to go out, have fun, see family, be with one another without wearing a mask or having to hand sanitize and I miss it so much. Yes, I got to spend pretty much every day of my son's life with him, which is awesome. And it's one of the few pros to the pandemic. Do I feel any different from becoming a father? I recently had this discussion with my cousin. No, I don't feel any different. I feel exactly the same before having a kid. However, I feel I have this added part to my life. It's a new role, a new self. You know, you have the personality you have at work, the one with your friends, the one with your family, the one with your spouse. Now it's another one that's going to develop the one as a father. The one aspect of change I 100% feel is in my energy and time. Taking care of a baby no doubt drains your personal battery. I've become more conscious of what I'm doing and if it's necessary to do. Furthermore, I'm continuously working on my scheduling, creating lists, 
setting reminders so I can maximize what I do in my day. I sometimes think if I applied this type of thinking to before I became a father or even before I got married, I would have accomplished so much more in my life. I've had that time off though where Sabrina and Zia go and stay in Niagara and rather than becoming extremely productive, the opposite happens. I go back to being a slob which is so unusual to me. It's almost like you need the family around to be productive, but you feel you could do so much more independently. I don't know, perhaps that's just me. As Zia gets older, I have a strong inkling to take him out, travel, and to share experiences with him. I'm grateful that he's a part of my life. I tell people he's an excellent starter kid. He doesn't move too much or cry. I love him. I see myself in him and I see my wife. One person I like, the other person I kind of like. I'm looking forward to spending more time with Zia and in developing myself in my role as a father. That's it. This is the last podcast for now. Please follow me on Instagram under the.millennialfather for future blog posts. Thank you for listening and joining me on this magnificent, life-changing journey. Shoutouts to Anchor for helping me distribute the podcast. Also, shoutouts to the software Audacity that helped me edit the podcast and put it together.